1: Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B. and T.C. on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored
2: by Wolf
1: Construction Roofing. Hey
2: everybody, final hour as we uh, go till 3 o'clock today. Uh, coming up about uh, 15 minutes from right now, Chris Dobertine will join us. Uh, Hoops guy from SB Nation will really dive into the Final Four and we'll do a lot of Final Four talk tomorrow. Uh, also, uh, about two forty ish, Brendan Porath from SB Nation. We do some golf with the Masters right around the corner.
3: So, uh, Jimmy B, last night the McDonald's All American game was yeah. happening. Did I watched
2: you... a little bit. Did you? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah a little bit. I, I of watched
3: it. a little bit in and out, and uh, watched yeah. the end of the game. As was it, the East was coming back and had a shot to tie it at the end, but uh, couldn't get it done. Not the best brain of basketball, certainly. <laughs> no, it's so. No. Uh, a lot of... Let me share,
2: Let me show you how good I am yeah, off the dribble. Yeah, a lot of alley-oops Yeah, don't oh, work. Yeah.
3: It's, it can be ugly at times, but got thinking about this last night as I had that on. Do you know uh, the last player for the McDonald's All-American game from the state
2: of Iowa? Would it have been either Heinrich or Collison? No, after that. After that? Come on, Jimmy B. Uh, would it be a guy who was seven feet tall? No. Hmm. It was It was at, before uh, Heinrich or Collison? No, or, after. after. Both those guys did play in it. Okay. Yeah, more recently. More recently than that? Come on, Jimmy B. Uh, would it be Peter Jock? No. Oh. Uh, Peter Jock
3: wasn't even a top 200 recruit. <laughs> who the hell was it? Come on. Harrison Barnes and Marcus Uh, Page. Oh,
2: well, see, I didn't think about that because I've had Harrison Barnes at North Carolina. Okay. And Marcus Page. Fair enough. So taking it a step further. Okay. Do you know
3: the last Iowa player to play there? University of Iowa player to play in the McDonald's All-American game.
2: The last University of Iowa player to play there. Uh, And he's from the state or just the last University of Iowa player? Last... Well, you can get partial credit.
3: There's a couple of different ways to go. Okay. The last Hawkeye to play on the team. Okay. And the last player to sign with Iowa to high school to play on the team. Uh, I play no, on the McDonald's All American game.
2: I have no clue. No clue. no clue. no clue. No
3: clue. Luke Recker. Oh, I remember in the Luke. transfer. Round. Sure. Yeah, that's that's okay. The transfer. I never would have.
2: I never would have guessed that.
3: The last player coming out of high school. Yes. To play, you have to go all the way back. I was afraid of that. To the nineties. Okay. They've had a few. Their first ever was Michael Payne, Brad Lowhouse,
2: Brad Lowhouse, yes.
3: Al Lorenzen. Oh, sure. The Vanilla Gorilla. Yeah. Ed Horton and Roy Marble. Oh, sure, yeah. Ray Thompson, we've talked about mm-hmm. him. And uh, yep. my boy, Hunter R- Rollins, kicking him out of school. <laughs> Kenny Murray, but the most recent out of high school, is one Chris Kingsbury. Ah. Do you remember Chris Kingsbury? L- only a little. Oh, he was so good. He was so much fun to watch. Okay. He was kind of a punk.
2: Yeah.
3: Is that why you liked him? Yeah. Because you're punkish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But he just chucked threes from all over the place. I mean, he was Steph Curry before Steph Curry. (laughs) Pulling from 30 feet. (laughs) Yeah. Let it fly. Incredibly fun to watch. From the logo. (laughs) And I remember going to Iowa basketball camp uh, back in fifth, sixth grade, something like that. Okay. And he was out there, and they were playing a pickup game. We got to watch, and it was cool to see all those guys, you know, that close. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was wearing his McDonald's All American jersey in the pickup game. Very nice. I tried to get it from him. He no.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> you you were like that uh, that guy from Mexico that swiped uh, Brady's jersey. You were trying to be that guy. No, no, I asked him for it. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. That's what I said. Oh, so you were up front. Yeah, I thought you were going to try to sneak it.
3: And, well, I mean, if it was laying there, I might. Have. <laughs>
2: I mean, come on. Can you imagine
3: if I had Chris Caysbury in McDonald's All-American how, jersey? How old were you at that time? Oh, I would have been, I don't know,
2: 11, 12. 11, 12 right like in that, there. Yeah, yeah, that's about the right age. <laughs> God, that would have been incredible. How can I scheme to get that jersey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah,
3: you, you go through history, and Iowa State has only had one McDonald's All-American. Do you know who that is?
2: Lafester Rhodes. Not Lafester. Okay, not Lafester. Okay.
3: Not Lafester Rhodes. Marcus Pfizer. Mike
2: Marcus Pfizer. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And they, I want to say the year that he played, they played the McDonald's All American okay. game Games that year. Really?
2: Yeah. Wow.
3: If I remember correctly, my memory could be off, but at least according to my memory, that's the way it goes. Also, another uh, transfer that played for the Hawkeye, Sam Okey, came over from Wisconsin. Okay. Also, another one that played a McDonald's All American Game, but that leads into the question.
2: I'm glad we're getting to it.
3: Will Joe Weisskamp yes. play in the McDonald's all American game next
2: year. Does he play in the at a big enough school to get that attention? Well it's not about playing at a big school. No, but it can is he getting I mean, aside from here, everybody knows his name. Right. But is he getting national attention? He and is, if so, how much do you think he's getting?
3: He is pretty he's a, con, a consensus top forty player. Okay. He needs to have a big AU year.
2: Okay. I think
3: one of the things that will hurt him is he's going to Iowa. Mm-hmm. That That's a part where... He's not, if he
2: going, was, he, not going to a blue blood? That, right. Is that what you're saying? Right. Okay.
3: If he was committed right now to North Carolina, he was committed okay. to Kansas, okay. something like that. I got you. That would be one kind of way to step it up. And he's also been committed for so long. Mm-hmm. Another thing where, say he went through the summer, still wasn't committed, and then commits to Iowa after the summer, okay, but because he's been committed so long, it's kind of almost out of sight, out of mind. He goes to the big events. He's been invited to a lot of the elite-level competitions that all you know the top 50 prospects in the country go to. But you wonder if that's going to hold him back just being committed for that long. It would be cool to see it's been such a long time. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, it's been such a long time since an Iowa kid right. that's going to a state university has been there. You have to go back. Well, what do we have to go back to there. I was just talking about the list there. Wait, was it Luke Recker? Uh, well, and Luke Wrecker is from Indiana, and he was committed to Indiana, so no, it go. would not be Luke Wrecker. Uh, Kenya Murray was from Michigan, no. Yeah, Ray Thompson, no. no. Roy Marble, no. Ed Horton no. is Illinois. Yeah. Al Lorenzen. Bradley. So you have to go back to 1984. Wow. An in-state player that also was an
2: in-state commit. Do people, uh, to me, I think that game has lost luster. In other words, it's lost interest. Do you I mean, you and I looked at it. I went through it briefly. You did, too, just because we're hoop guys and we just wanted to peek at it. Yeah, it's I mean, it's pretty much the same for me. Yeah, it just never, you know, blew my dress up, I suppose. But I because of what we do and we recognize some of the names of these kids, depending on where they're going to Mm -hmm. college. That's why we took a peek at it.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, no,
2: I mean, for me, it's no. It's, yeah, it's not a big deal anymore.
3: No, no, no. It's the same. I mean, it's, oh, okay, it well, hasn't it's changed. To me. No, okay, no, it hasn't diminished in my mind. And I like watching the three-point shootout and the dunk contest. Yeah, I, I keep an eye on it every year. Do I watch it less than before? Probably, but it's also because I'm 36 years old. You got, you got life. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's other things going on. When I was 16, yeah, yeah. I watch it a lot. More. Yeah, so. That's kind of what goes into it too, but it'd just be cool to get an Iowań back in that event. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, been Joe a Weiss long camp. time. Yeah, now that
2: you now that you reference nineteen eighty four, that's a long right. time.
3: And uh, you know, even with Page and with Harrison Barnes, I mean, it was a big deal. And yep. I remember when Collison and uh, Kirk Heinrich when they played it, and it was a big deal here in the state. It'd be a big deal again to have somebody play in that event because it is the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's also he's not. Most recruiting services don't have him as one of the top 24 players. It's not like they just go down the rivals list and say, all right, here's the top 24. Right, yeah. They do go a little bit deeper in terms of of selecting people. So it'd be cool to see. um, Outside shot, probably. Likelihood. 20 percent okay if he blows up even more though this summer i mean look at what that kid did this year oh i know as a junior with a team that he doesn't only, have a lot around He's the him. only player yeah i mean there's there's not a whole lot around him in terms of talent and averaging 30 points per game at the four A level doing that as a junior just an incredible season but that is uh just something that we'll probably know more and more about as this summer goes on and We'll be taking a look at that. We'll be talking a lot of recruiting this yeah, summer. Yeah, we will. You know, taking a look at some of the prospects that are going to be coming here into the the in-state schools. And I see, uh, I saw today a couple things on Twitter, just different offers that are going out to different kids. It's that time we talked about Ed Morrow, you know, transferring away at Nebraska. Roster construction at this time in college basketball. It's a different time. So, what's Iowa State got to do? Still in your mind?
2: Uh, I think if they could go get Ed Morrow, that'd be a real feather in their cap. That'd be a start. <laughs> that'd be a really good start for them. Now, Morrow will not be eligible next year. Correct. He's got to sit a year. He's
3: got to sit out a year. So so that's a part of it. But the returning roster, all right, so you got coming back, Donovan Jackson. Yep,
2: yep young.
3: Young and then that's it, you know, Cameron Lard. Yeah, but we didn't see We, him we at never all. saw him, we saw a little bit of Simeon Carter a couple years ago, didn't, didn't see him at all. And he's gone, he's
2: gone, he transferred.
3: So it is going to be a completely different looking yeah. Iowa State team next year. And, and that turns into certainly a lot of question marks about just the roster construction and how heavy you go after. You know, there's some junior college guys, but. Mm-hmm. Feels like you don't want to go too heavy, too too, too far after them. Right. Yes, you don't want. Oh, we got four open scholarships. Let's yeah. bring in four JUCOs. We've seen teams do that in the past, and it doesn't seem like it works out very well, unless you kind of have a system in place where you know Cincinnati did that a lot under Higgins. Higgins,
2: Huggins, yes, they, they did that, and it worked for Bob. Yeah, and it worked for Hoiberg, but a lot of I'm teams, talking JUCO. Okay, JUCO guys. Okay, but a lot of times uh, it doesn't work. In other words, what they did in the Juco ranks, sometimes it doesn't translate Absolutely. when you're playing in a big conference.
3: Right, right. And so. I mean, there's always high level guys that come yeah, through yeah. junior college. And Sean Kemp yep. came out of junior he college. He did. He did. <laughs> so there, there's been some good ones that have played down at Indian Hills down in Southern Iowa and played at Southeastern down there. So in Burlington, we've seen a lot of talent come out of those kind of places. Uh, that, that's the thing that we, you know, still trying to figure out how Iowa State's going to be constructed. Wigington's going to come in. He plays tomorrow afternoon, I believe it is. I believe it is. In uh, the, what is it, the Dick's Sporting Goods, Mm -hmm. National Championships, whatever it is, for high school teams. So we'll get a look at that. We'll probably keep an eye on that one tomorrow afternoon and kind of see how he looks in that game. But the question marks remain. And for all the goodwill, and it's happened two years in a row now for Steve Prohm, where he's created some goodwill at the end of the season. Yes, It was Getting to the Sweet 16 two years ago mm-hmm. after a disappointing 10-8 and finish in the Big 12. Then this year, at the end of the year, really right in the ship over the last three weeks of the year. They got hot. And then you win the conference tournament on top of it. So not only do you finish in a tie for second in the conference, but then you go on, you win those three games. And as frustrating as the Purdue game certainly could have been for Iowa State fans, you look big picture and you say, look at what this guy's accomplished. Now, is that completely wiped away?
2: Because of what he's got coming in, it's the unknown, the great unknown. I think so. I don't think you can grade him this coming season on what was accomplished since the players that he had were pretty much Hoyberg's guys. Oh, yeah. So this is going to be his first year as these guys are guys that he went out and got. It's for, year for, one for the
3: most part. It's year it's year three, but it almost feels yes, like year year one. one defensively, we saw the improvements that they made. Yes, they, they didn't they, play at the same pace that they did under Hoiberg, Right, we saw a lot of improvements on the defensive end, and that's going to be certainly the vision. He wants a point guard that can handle, distribute, and that can make buckets for him, and, and that's something that he did going back to his days at Murray State, and that's a part uh, certainly what sold Wigington to coming in mm-hmm. to play at Iowa State was the the freedom and the ability that he has shown of being able to create good point guards at the college level, and giving them a shot to get to the next level, uh, that's the thing too. You wonder where Iowa State fans are going to be, how they're going to handle next year if it is a year where they're an nit team, or even worse, not even not an NIT. even an
2: nit team. Yeah, uh, you, you're right. You, you but go you know, a what? four
3: and fourteen year, and all of a sudden, I don't see them
2: being Oklahoma. Okay, I don't see them being Oklahoma. Oklahoma brought in a good class. They did, and we saw the results. They'll be a much better team next season. Mm-hmm. I but I don't see them doing that. I think that they are closer to a five hundred team or a game or two below five hundred in conference play. So you see
3: more of a eight and ten kind of year? Yeah,
2: more it's more transitionish than than just blow it up, we're not gonna be very good. You're Kansas gonna have to wait a year. Kansas will be good. West Virginia will be good. Yes, they will. T.C. will be good. Yes, they will. They. By the way, they play the NIT championship game right, tonight. against Georgia Tech. And you can hear it right here on this world-class radio station.
3: That's right. 1,700 with Westwood 1 with the coverage. K-State will be pretty good. I think so. It'll be all right. They got a lot of pieces coming yeah. back off of that team. Texas Tech? No, they lose a ton. Yeah. They'll be bad. They'll be towards the bottom. Texas should be better. They have a point guard coming, coming in, in. which will help but. Told you, Jared Allen was going to the NBA. Yeah, you I didn't know. believe me. No, you didn't believe me. No, six eleven kid with that yeah. kind of ability. Yeah, they always make. I the thought jump. he'd come for one more no, year. Absolutely not. Yeah. You take that first round money.
2: Yep, and, and you, you see what you can do. And you do. get out. Yeah,
3: I agree. But I, would be more in the six and twelve range. Uh huh. As opposed to eight and ten. I mean, we're kind of splitting hairs at this early part, but Big Twelve is going to be good again.
2: No, yes, they it's, will. It's going to
3: be good again and trying to find victories on the road. We saw over the last two years how difficult that was, and and Iowa State showed a lot of ability to get it done this year on the road, but it's going to be a tough road and a lot of new faces next year for Iowa State. Before we get to that, though, yes. we got a Final Four still to play. We do. Chris Dobertine's is going to join us coming up on the other side here. We'll talk about the Final Four matchups, get into that, some coaching news as well. And uh, a name from a little bit of the past, out in Dayton, hmm. Anthony Grant. Yeah, is named the coach. If you're wondering, how do I know Anthony Grant? He was the VCU coach. Correct. He was also the coach at Alabama. Correct. Didn't get the job done there, and uh, now making his way back to a place that he knows pretty well.
2: Had been working with Billy Donovan. He was an assistant with the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he was a former player uh, for the Dayton Flyers.
3: But some uh, coaching changes certainly happening, and. Is there any more anything else on the horizon? Probably not. I mean, you feel outside of some moving chairs and moving things around that, for the most part, everything is figured out. But it doesn't seem like every year there's something wild that kind of happens. Never fails. In April. You never fails. it comes out of nowhere. Yep. And maybe something like that's still to come. We'll get into that more. Coming up on the other side, Chris Dobertine, blogging the bracket.com. He joins us here on the Jimmy B and TC show, 1700 KBGG We come to you live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. We're back in a moment.
1: Afternoons, we talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and T.C. Noon to 3 and Des Moines' biggest local sports show. Marty and Miller from 3 to 6 on 1700.
4: Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here inviting you to visit our full service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition and accessories as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988 and we won't be undersold by the big store and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. The weather's warming up, and it's time to think about
3: your spring projects. Wolf Construction Roofing can take any roofing job, large and small. Flat roofs, sloped or pitched,
5: The latest thing in tile is brick. As in the brick look porcelain tile that you can get right now at the Home Depot. Whether you're framing a fireplace or covering a wall, brick look tile is an easy, inexpensive way to add character to your home. We have dozens of styles to choose from and great ideas on how to use them. For looks that range from stately to cozy to just plain cool. Get the look of brick for the price of tile. As little as $4.99 a square foot. Only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing.
0: This just in. Wendy's is adding the quarter pound double stack as an option in the four for four for a limited time. With so much beef, that's a deal so good it should not exist. In related news, because their wings are too small for their bodies, bumblebees should not be able to fly. Here to comment, bees. Wait, we're not supposed to fly? Kind of like how a quarter pound of beef should not be in the four for four. Yet it is. That's over a quarter pound of fresh beef with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke, all for just $4. Any other bee puns? No, we're
6: good, honey. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes four piece nuggets, small fries, and drink. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii.
7: If you live in Ankeny Urban Jail, West Des Moines, or most other Des Moines suburbs, you are a customer of the Des Moines Waterworks. Bill Stowe, the director of the Des Moines Waterworks, just wasted $1 million of your money on a frivolous lawsuit that wrongly targeted Iowa's farmers. After being soundly rejected by the Iowa Supreme Court, Stowe's misguided lawsuit was just dismissed by a federal judge as having no merit. Think you can get your money back? Not a chance. Think you can hold Bill Stowe accountable? Think again. If you live in the suburbs, you currently have no voice on the Des Moines Water Works Board. They set the water rates. You pay them. They waste millions on lawsuits. You pay that bill too. And that's just not right. The time for lawsuits and misplaced priorities is over. Instead, let's continue to implement Iowa's collaborative research-based Iowa Water Quality Initiative and encourage partnerships that actually result in cleaner water for Iowans paid for by the Iowa Partnership for Clean Water.
1: Order! TV 180 for internet. Equipment non-return interface and conditions apply. Call for details. Offer ends 17. Jim Brunson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Live from the Wolf Construction Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent.
3: Welcome back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. TC here along with Jimmy B as we talk the world of sports with you Up until 3 o'clock, then it'll be Marty and Miller from 3 until 6 here on the Big Talker 1700. Well, the Final Four this week, Jimmy B., at least on the local level, hasn't had certainly the amount of intrigue that we're hoping for. No Big 10 team, no Big 12 team, nothing real local to talk about. But as we get closer and closer, getting more and more excited for these games and uh, some pretty big news today. Mm -hmm. Some Darius Thornwell, the fine a player for South Carolina, not at practice today. Chris Dobertine on the line with us to talk about that and much more on the Draft House 50 hotline. Chris, good afternoon. Hey, guys. Well, uh, let's start at the top with the big news of the afternoon. Cinderius Thornwell, not at practice today for South Carolina, stuck back at the hotel there in Phoenix with uh, flu-like sy- son- uh, symptoms. How concerning in your mind is that news from today?
8: Well, well, if it was an actual injury, I'd probably be a little more worried than the flu. You've got, you know, still 48 hours or so until that game tips off. So hopefully, you know, he'll be back and, and ready in that point. But, you know, if it's one of those long-term things, I mean, and, and he's not 100% on Saturday night, that could really change things for South Carolina because he's their heart and soul
2: mm mm-hmm. There's no question about that. Uh, listening uh, and watching Twitter a little bit on what Frank Martin, the coach of South Carolina, had to say, he said that even he himself was a little under the weather, and he says he doesn't really believe that it should be a factor once they get to Saturday. You good with that?
8: Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, you know, this is still the time of the year. You know, the flu bug is still around. Allergies might be a problem, so... You know, that, that that explanation kind of makes sense to me.
3: So, uh, Chris, let's get into the matchup here of the first game, South Carolina against Gonzaga. Carolina of the South variety, uh, continuing to surprise people, what they did over the weekend, getting it done against Florida, the, the victory before that, and, of course, the round of 32 win against Duke. Can they keep the magic alive here? Thornwell's played at such a high level, averaging over 25 a game in the NCAA tournament or is Gonzaga and that great defense going to be too much in your estimation?
8: I think Gonzaga is probably going to be a little bit too much, and it's going to be a similar situation to, to last week when Gonzaga was confronted with West Virginia. And having those extra days to practice and prepare, I think that that's going to give Mark Few a tremendous advantage. And I also think that size-wise, I think that Gonzaga gives a little bit more to offer than Florida did, you know, back on Sunday, especially with Johnny Boone being out. I think the Gonzaga, really just a, just a bigger, more athletic team, is probably going to give them more of a more trouble than the Gators ever did.
2: Will the Oregon to North Carolina game be off the charts, or is North Carolina just too big down low on the block?
8: I think that that could be a little bit of a worry, but I also think that the fact that Oregon just has guys who can spread the floor so well. I mean, you look at what you know Dylan Brooks and Tyler Dorsey, in particular, can do from you know outside. You know, that, I think, could really change things up, and I don't think it's going to be quite as simple as you'd think in terms of of picking a winner there.
3: Yeah, it's uh, certainly an interesting matchup. After Oregon loses Boucher, I, I think a lot of people basically said well, they'll win in the opening round, but maybe that's going to be it for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps they can get to the Sweet 16, but that's about it. Looked like it was going to be Louisville in the path, but we know that didn't happen with Michigan. Still, with that being said, what has changed with Oregon and how has Dana Altman been able to push the right buttons uh, with the loss of Boucher in the middle?
8: Yeah, it's it's really surprising. I just kind of thought for sure that, you know, with Boucher out, they were just going to be able, you know, to just maybe win that first game as well and then really not do anything else. I think they just seem to be a little bit better committed to, to spreading the floor. I mean, one thing that really helped them against Kansas in particular was the fact that the perimeter shots were falling. They were 44% from free. And I mean, they're a very difficult team to actually stop when that happens. And the fact they actually had really good production inside as well. They were over 50% from the field, you know, for on their two point attempts as well. And, and I also think that they really just committed themselves to, to just knocking Kansas off the boards. I mean, you look at what they did rebounding wise. I mean, they had a, a slight advantage overall, but in terms of, of grabbing defensive rebounds, they did a great job. You know, out you know, muffling the Jayhawks from a twenty-seven to twenty margin there. You know, they were able to kind of take away those extra chances. And if they can do that against the Tar Heels, you know, deprive North Carolina of of second and third chances on offense, you know, that's going to considerably level the playing field for the Ducks.
2: Uh, we're having a conversation with Chris Dobertine right now, SB Nation, and we're talking Final Four. Uh, okay, so it's not, say, a glamour Final Four from the so called blue bloods that are not in this. But do you still find great storylines and find this an interesting Final Four?
8: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've got Gonzaga finally making it, you know, from, you know, making the tournament every year since 1999 and having a couple really close calls in the Elite Eight, you know, before now finally getting there. You have Oregon, who won the very first final four back in 1939 hasn't been back since you know when they're finally here in 2017 you have South Carolina who had had never you know strung together two tournament wins until this season they're here and and then of course you have North Carolina the team that you know lost on a buzzer beater last season I mean that's when you're talking about a group of four teams it's to me it's very difficult to find a, a better mix of interesting storylines than this combination that we have today
3: You mentioned the Zags, and they finally break through, finally get to the Final Four, but I'm already seeing it whispered out there a little bit about this team, the path that they went to get to this point, and the doubters continuing to be out there. Uh, You beat a 16 like you're supposed to. You needed an awful goaltending call to get by Northwestern. West Virginia, good win there, and then you beat a terrible Xavier team. That wasn't good for a whole month of February. (laughs) The people are already out there going against it. Is this enough getting to the Final Four? Is this enough to get rid of the detractors? Are they still going to be there short of them winning the national championship?
8: Oh, I think you're always going to have detractors. I mean, especially if you're coming from a program that's not a major conference that isn't playing, you know, you know, six to eight, you know, top 25 ranked teams, you know, every January to March. I think you're going to have that, you know, be a bit of an issue. But this is a program that has been there consistently and has become a national draw over the past, you know, 18 or so years, and I think they deserve all the credit in the world for that for, for that staying power because you kind of look at what else has happened and kind of what has happened with conference realignment, and, you know, you look at the teams, what's happened in terms of at-large bids, the number of conferences getting at-large bids has consistently shrunk over the past 20 years. And mm-hmm. the so fact that Gonzaga hasn't switched conferences has been, and has been able to consistently get either at-large bids or, or decent seeding from where they're coming from, I think they they deserve all the credit in the world for that.
2: Don't you think, though, that that's what really bothers the detractors? That well, look, they they won the the West Coast Conference. There's nobody mm-hmm. good in it. That's what that that that's what they're saying. And and that, and they were still given a number one. Yeah, yeah, they that
8: is definitely something that you have to consider. But then you kind of think about, you know, Wichita State a couple seasons ago being in a similar predicament. You know, the the committee is being pretty consistent about this. If you're going to be in a relatively decent conference and you're going to play a relatively strong non-conference schedule in November and December, and you're able to enter the tournament with zero or one loss, you are going to get a number one seed based on history. And I think that we all kind of have to step back and realize that that's just the way things are. And we have to
3: kind of respect teams for that. Chris, we were uh, talking a little bit earlier about the McDonald's All-American game. Michael Porter Jr., uh, outstanding. He wins MVP honors. He's on his way to Missouri. Uh, listening to him talk during an interview during the game, he's trying to get a couple of the uncommitted guys to yeah, join him yeah. uh, down in Columbia next season. What kind of impact is he going to make down there in year number one for Kwonzo Martin? And And if he can get a little bit of help, could it suddenly be a team we're talking about at the very least, uh, at least a fringe NCAA tournament team. We know the SEC is there to be had, and he can win some games down there. Or is that too big of a hill to climb for Mizzou?
8: He's probably going to need a little bit of help, because if you kind of think about, you know, Martel Fultz at Washington, you know, thinking about where Porter was actually going to be beforehand, mm-hmm. I think the situation would have been better for him to stay with the Huskies, you know, considering if Lorenzo Lamar had stayed, because the issue there of, of course, is, you know, you, you have the number one recruit. You were going to lose him to the NBA. You were getting another guy in a similar situation, a one-and-done. But you were keeping a cast of characters together who were going to have a little bit more experience. Granted, you were all that well in the back 12 this year. But that would have been something to build on and had a little more veteran experience. So this Missouri team was not very good this year at all. So I think that he's going to have to have a little bit of help. But if he can get a couple more of those uncommitted guys to come to Columbia, you're right. There's plenty of room to grow in the SEC. You're not going to challenge Kentucky naturally. You probably aren't going to challenge Florida for second. Maybe not even Arkansas for third, or Alabama, depending on you know what Avery Johnson can get together and Vanderbilt as well. But you think about it, you're going to have a shot to be fourth or fifth in that league, and you know you do enough early on in the season, or you know schedule enough, and not win those games, kind of like Vanderbilt did this year, and you're going to be in position to actually sneak in at the very end. So I think that if they can get a little bit more talent, there's going to be some, some opportunity there for the Tigers.
2: Chris Dobertine is our guest. You're hearing him on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mill Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Uh, you referenced Wichita State a few moments ago. Let's go there. Awful lot of talk that they're going to jump ship and get out of the Valley Conference. It appears mm-hmm. appears that the uh, American Conference is a destination for them. Uh you good with that? Uh, are they just fed up with only one team and, and the way the conference in the Valley has dropped off.
8: Yeah, I think that's really is what's driving at the Valley has not been as consistent, you know, a multi bid threat over the past couple of seasons since Creighton went to the Big East in particular. And I think that the opportunity is there in the American because, you know, Tulsa's nearby, a team that they play regularly anyway. You know, we got some, you know, Texas teams, you know, relatively close that they can develop some rivalries with, like SMU, for example, um, and Houston as well. And it fits the, the need of the American as well because, you know, they're sitting there with 11 teams in basketball when they have 12 in football. And if the Shockers can kind of go in there and, and kind of give them a fourth or fifth power team to kind of go with Cincinnati and UConn and Houston and SMU. I mean, the top of that league just improves considerably from that, from that standpoint by adding that extra team. So I think it's a good opportunity for both squads.
3: Well, with all of that being said, what do you got? What are we going to see Monday night for the national championship? And who's cutting down the nets as we hear one shining moment?
8: I think that it's going to be an all-West Coast final. I think Gonzaga is going to end up knocking off South Carolina pretty easily. And I think Oregon is going to give UNC a game and end up just kind of slipping by them. I think that the, the perimeter shooting is going to spread the floor and just make things a little bit too difficult for the Tar Heels. And then I think that Gonzaga is going to actually do it and cut down the
2: Nets. Wow. Wow. You like Karnowski, I can tell. Shemert and <laughs> Karnowski. Yep.
8: Yep. But again, I think, but on the flip side, of Carolina can get through, I think Carolina and Gonzaga would be a fantastic, fantastic game. But I think that Oregon is on to something special here.
2: All yeah, West Coast. Interesting, yeah. yeah.
3: Oregon Gonzaga. Chris has always been great catching up with you. Hey, uh I saw Joey brackets is putting up his first bracket on Tuesday after uh, the championship game. <laughs> What's your first bracket going to come out for 2018? The
8: first the first new bracket of the season will as usual not come out till November because uh, between players transferring and yeah. all that it just doesn't make any sense to do it. We'll wait until right before tip-off back in November.
3: Looking forward to <laughs> That'll that. That'll be we'll, good. We'll catch up a couple times throughout the summer, I'm sure. Thank you so much for your time throughout this basketball season, Chris.
2: And Thanks again for having me, guys. See you, man. Take it easy. Chris team SB Nation. We talked some college hoops with him on the Draft House 50 hotline. Quick timeout. Uh, Brendan Porath is coming up. We're going to switch gears, go to golf, right here on the Big Talker 1700.
1: Catch- the biggest games. Westwood One Sports coverage of NCAA men's basketball on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Mr. Executive and
3: Billion Automotive. Trey Cotton in here and I want to tell you about our great friends at Draft House 50 on Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. If you're looking for basketball you're not going to find a better place in the metro than Draft House 50. Big screen TVs across the bar. Sound on for the local games and great brews to go along with it. Don't forget about the food. Class- classic bar food with an upscale style and a tap system like you've never seen before Draft House 50 Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines
2: It's a family membership add-on special. It's Aspen, West Glen, Town Center, West Des Moines.
5: Got a paint project you haven't started? Now's the time to begin. The Home Depot has Bare Premium Plus interior paint starting at just $23.97. It's a paint and primer in one, so you're not covering the same wall over and over. You paint it, then move on to the next one. We're pouring more into paint with unbeatable prices on bare Premium Plus interior paint. Now starting at just $23.97. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. U.S. only. is in store for details.
0: This just in, Wendy's is adding the quarter-pound double stack as an option in the 4-for-4 four four for a limited time. With so much beef, that's a deal so good it should not exist. In related news, because their wings are too small for their bodies, bumblebees should not be able to fly. Here to comment, bees. Wait, we're not supposed to fly? Kind of like how a quarter-pound of beef should not be in the 4-for-4. Four four. Yet it is. That's over a quarter-pound of fresh beef with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke, all for just $4. Any other bee puns?
6: No, we're good, honey. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes four-piece nuggets, small fries, and drink. Fresh beef available
1: in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii. This is Dean's yard, and Dean's a pretty observant guy. But sneaky crabgrass lurks undetected until it rears its hideous head this summer. However, Dean's not only observant, he's smart. He uses Scott's Turf Builder Halt's crabgrass preventer with lawn food in early spring. It protects against crabgrass all season long while feeding the lawn for a fast green up. Guaranteed. So this spring, Dean can stop crabgrass dead in its crab tracks is a Scot's yard. Pick up Scott's turf builder halts today.
6: Are you happy with your current tax preparer? Are you sure they're doing what's best for you? When it comes to your money, you want two things. To make the most on your investments and pay the least taxes on your income. Sounds easy, right? It is at Bowman Shaw Tax and Financial Planning in West Des Moines. Because Bowman Shaw handles both taxes and financial planning, they can custom tailor a winning strategy for your money. One conversation with the Bowman Shaw experts gets you on your way to your financial goals. Bowman Shaw believes in keeping expenses low and minimizing taxes whenever possible. As a fee-based full disclosure firm, at Bowman Shaw, there are no hidden fees, free initial investment consultations, and a free review of your previous tax returns. Bowman Shaw tax and financial planning makes sense out of your dollars and cents. Stop by their office at 1031 Office Park Road in West Des Moines or learn more at bolmanshaw.com. That's B-O-E-L-M-A-N-Shaw.com. Bowman Shaw, done right and right for you. Advisory services provided through BSC Capital Partners, LLC, a state of Iowa a registered investment advisor. Accounting services provided through Bowman Shawn Company, LLC.
4: Attention golfers, the
2: 2017 Clubhouse card will be on sale Monday, April 3rd. It's your chance to play
1: golf at some really great local courses for more than half off. Woodrow Valley in Adel, Willow
2: Creek in West Des Moines, Cedar Point Boone, Boss Landon in Pella, Jester Park in Des Moines, and Westwood in Newton. The Clubhouse card includes 18 holes in the cart, so you can practice up for your own major. It's a $240 value for a sale price of $119. Get your sweet deal Monday at 9 a.m. at 1700 KBG. G.com.
1: Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio. Sponsored by
2: Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B and TC. All right, everybody. Look, I know you look outside and it looks like Seattle. And did you know Seattle has the highest suicide rate of any major city in the country? Well, yeah, they had to live by you. (laughs) That wasn't what I was getting oh, at. I was oh. talking about the weather. Oh, <laughs> that's why they have it. Oh, it's so damn. I always glute. lived it on you. <laughs> I haven't lived there that's for, not a, the case, for huh? a life. It's not the case. Oh, it's the stinking okay. weather. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Now you got me all all discombobulated here, Brendan Porath, SP. Nation. The transition I, I was I was trying to here on golf. My transition was going to be because we're in Seattle weather, we can't play any golf, uh, but but we're going to talk golf I right now. You off a little bit. You, go ahead and introduce Brendan. <laughs> Brendan Porath joins us from S yes. P Nation,
3: talking some golf. Hey Brendan, a uh, long time no talk. It's been since back uh, last summer that we've. We've talked, and good to have you on the show again. How are
2: things for you?
9: Hey, guys. Great to great to be back. I, I'm doing well. Um, I'm already uh, fired up here for next week. Okay. Unofficial start.
2: That's correct. Uh, it is the unofficial start. Wish we were enjoying weather that would make us get out and play some. Um, right. With with what we have seen so far out of Tiger, and that seems to be the story, we know who's going to be there and who's going to play. The one ingredient is will he or won't he mm-hmm. Your sources. We've been told that his hitting coach is in Florida. Can you confirm that? Can you uh, give us any inkling at all? And we know he has until his start time to show up. Will he or won't he?
9: I can't confirm that. I had heard that as well, uh, but I can't confirm that. Uh, And it does seem... The mania seems to be picking up, the rumors, the speculation that, you know, he have seen here or doing this or maybe, you know, a week ago it was no chance and now it's like, eh, we'll see. I don't know. It's just kind of, it feels like because he hasn't said no, it's getting closer and closer. We just have to come up with these reasons for hope. But, you know, when he's withdrawn the previous years, he always waits till the Friday beforehand. I think we'll know tomorrow. Um, I'd be surprised if he lets it go into next week, uh, whether he's in or out uh, mm-hmm. with you. Um, I, I wouldn't bank on it. I still just I don't think he's in the shape. You know, last we heard, it was pretty dire, pretty ugly. Um, that he's turned it around w- would be a bit of a surprise. I, I wouldn't bank on it, but it's just kind of this is the mania that comes with Tiger, especially when he doesn't provide us an update. And, you know, we're now almost. Well, we are a week away from the first
3: round. So, Yeah, a week away from things and still waiting that official decision. Last year, uh, the decision was made, I believe, on the Friday before. Of course, we right. did not see him until December by the time that we finally got to see him. Certainly appears to be closer back than that. But as we were talking about this earlier, Brendan, I would rather not see Tiger at all as opposed to kind of what he's become from the yips to just the terrible play that we've seen. And, and it takes a little something away from the greatness that was once there, that tiger that we once saw, certainly I don't think is ever coming back, but do you have any hopes at all that at the very least he can put together a stretch, a couple year run where he wins a couple of tournaments where maybe he's in contention of a major. Is that still in the docket of your mind? Are you even past that idea?
9: Uh, I go back and forth. I, I, I'm, I think, you know, it depends on who you talk to. You you can be optimistic or you could think it's completely over and you should go away. Mm -hmm. Uh, The back is just such a severe thing. And, you know, he got through three rounds before spasms, which I think is cover for something much, much more substantial, given that he couldn't get out of bed or couldn't do a press conference in Los Angeles and sit in a chair. Um, That can end it really quickly. Now... You know, if he can get in any kind of shape, if it's if it's sixty percent, if it's just he's able to play, he's able to stand and swing. Um, I think, you know, places like Augusta, a place like the British Open where we've seen Phil Mickelson compete up into his late forties and maybe that eliminates some of these like advantage that these young bombers have where you can play a ground game or the wind can kind of even things out. Um I think he should just play a schedule. Regardless, he should just play a schedule where it's the Masters, British Open, uh, just maybe this really limited schedule. You know, he's got all the status in the world. His exemption at the U.S. Open is going to run out, but they're going to give him one anyways. Mm-hmm. U.S. Open is not an event I would recommend that he plays because <laughs> that that that's a grind. But uh, I just I think that he's been so good. We've seen him come back whether it was from the scandal in '09. He didn't do anything in the first quarter of the year. He just went, he didn't practice, you know, 10 days before or whatever it was. I think it was two weeks out. He just starts practicing, gets pulled it together, and he's in contention. And the same happened um, two years ago, I think it was, when he had the chipping yips and had to go away and hide, and everyone, you know, was holding their breath. There's no way you can do this at Augusta. That's the tightest lies in the game. It's impossible. If you have any doubt about your chipping ability, you're toast. There's no way he's going to play, and if he does, it's going to be a horror show. Well, he showed up, and he's playing in, like, the third-to-last group on Sunday. He's making a run inside the top ten, and all of a sudden he can chip. So I think he's, like, the one guy here, even if if you see him three months earlier and he can't even get out of a chair or he can't walk, Mm -hmm. that he's the one guy that can kind of keep that sliver in the back of your mind. Like, hey, he could contend at a place like Augusta because he knows it so well. Whether you can win, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that's the kind of place where you can capture some sort of old magic. I don't know that it's going to be this year, though.
2: We're having a conversation right now. Brendan Paulrath, uh, we're talking a little golf with the uh, Masters only a week away on the Drafthouse 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Okay, uh, Dustin Johnson says he's going to uh, skip the Shell Open, which uh, is beginning today. I guess it's already underway. The guy is just on fire. Will he be the heavy favorite going in, or do you see something different? Well,
9: yeah, I mean he's going to be the favorite. I don't know, heavy favorite. It's kind of a relative term. Tiger I'd say is the only relative, only heavy favorite we'll kind of ever have, ever had, and may ever have again. You know, where you get the three to one type guy, it's just too deep now to make somebody that put somebody that far ahead. Um, so I think. You know, after he won in Austin this week, I think he got down to 5 to 1, just ahead of speed, jump speed, and just ahead of him. Um, he should be the favorite. I think like he is on the Tiger-like kind of roll right now, winning three straight, winning the last two WECs. And this is what we wanted and what we thought was in there for so long. and It's kind of frustrated all of us. I don't know if it frustrated Dustin. I'm not sure he cared. But uh, he he has the talent and ability, like, When he's on, it's just a little different than everybody else who could claim, you know, number one in the world or who's won majors. It it can really overwhelm you and overwhelm the field in a way, kind of like, I wouldn't say A plus Tiger, but maybe like a B plus Tiger year where he won a couple majors. Dustin has that ability. And, you know, you talk about Augusta maybe not being the best fit. He's, He's an average putter, although he's putting much, much better this year. Mm-hmm. But he's played all right there. You know, he, he can he can carve up those par fives, which we know is the key to success. Like 13 and 15, that's just, I mean, that is ripe for him. So I, I, he's, he's done all right there, and I think it's hard to pick anyone else. With If you're forced to pick one guy and you're not trying to make money and look for value or anything like that, it's hard to pick anyone but Dustin, right?
3: Well, another name that's up there. Three starts, uh, three top two finishes, Jordan Spieth. But we remember what happened last year on the 12th hole. The quadruple bogey heard around the world and uh, had a five-shot lead at the turn. It was just so surprising because it seemed like Jordan Spieth was uh, almost robotic-like. And then that happened on 12. I'm sure that's going to be a big conversation piece next week. Do you think it's in him to move past that and, and put himself right back in contention again this week?
1: Yeah, I
9: do. I really do. And um, I think he <laughs> I think he is pretty far past it already. And he, he knows this course too well, has done too well to not kind of show up here. I, I think he's not going to be haunted by that. Maybe if he gets in contention on Sunday, that might creep up again. But um, let, let's not <laughs> say we don't attach any pictures to it. The guy starts his master's career going second, first, second. That's pretty amazing, but obviously we have those pictures and we saw what happened last year, and, and we have the context of a five-shot lead um, after nine holes. So it makes a little, it makes us a little more weary, so or wary, I should say. And so I, I just I think it's it's hard to say he's he's going to be haunted there. He knows his course too well. He's actually playing a lot better this year than he was at this time last year. And last year he had a five-shot lead with nine holes to play. Right. So I don't expect him to, to be any kind of you know psyched out by going back to Augusta. He said he's gone back. He's birded twelve multiple times, and I think you know the only issue you could have maybe is on Sunday where you start to wonder if, if he's in the hunt there. Well, you know what's going to happen when he steps on that twelve tee box because it is not a comfortable shot for him. It doesn't set up well for. Is right-handed his right-handedness that goes right,
2: so mm-hmm. that's where you
9: could see some issue.
2: Is Rory McIlroy going to be a factor?
9: He should be. I mean, he's he hits the ball in the way that you need to win. He hits the win at Augusta. He hits it a mile. He hits it high. It uh, looks like the weather's going to be favorable. Like it's going to create some soft condition. A lot of rain on Monday, and then more coming later in the week. And we know Rory's always feasted on a soft, wet course. That's he's just gotta be licking his chops. That's the perfect kind of setup that he wants. He did it at Congressional. He he's won a lot <laughs> every time when it's soft. That's what he wants. He hits the ball high. Um, I think more than speed there is kind of the mental the hurdle. I think he he knows this is the last remaining peg for a career slam and only a few select guys have ever done that mm-hmm. and you wonder now this is a couple years he's grinding so hard and he's talked about how it's the one event where you got to wait eight months and you hear about it that whole time and it's really bothers him um, to the point where can he avoid that kind of 74 or that 40 like we saw two years ago he had a 40 on 1-9 and then played the rest of whatever, I think it's 54 holes and 15 under. So he has the ability. It's just like he gets really down, and and, and this (laughs) has become such a career goal for him. You worry about if he's just pressing so hard for it.
3: Brendan, good to catch up with you again. Always appreciate it. Hopefully we can track you down uh, early next week one more time. Get your official picks and everything else as we get ready for the 2017 Masters. Thanks, Brendan.
9: Thanks, guys. We're fired up.
3: Brendan Porath with SB Nation. Good to catch up. Good to talk golf. Again, yeah, it Jimmy is. B. Yeah, it's going to it's be fun. While. I
2: know. And you're right. We just hadn't thought about it because the weather's been so bad. Wow, that's that's. That's deep, and man. that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Because yeah. we can't get out and even swing the club.
3: And and I hope that the conditions down there are great. A yes. There's always people that go down there and you right. want their experience to be good. But secondly, there's something even if it's not good weather here, seeing the azaleas, seeing the uh, great green, and then the pink. You know, flowers and everything else. There's something about the Masters, the right of spring every yes, year. Yes, it is. Right off that national championship, right in the Masters. Love it every year.
2: All right, we are done for the day. Done. God, that's uh, this fast week. Yeah. Has been moving through. I like it. Is it Thursday? Oh, yeah, I know. I was shocked. That's good. (laughs) We're done. Uh, Marty and Miller are next. Afternoons, we talk sports
1: on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC, noon to three, and Des Moines' biggest local sports show. Marty and Miller from three to six on 1700.
4: The weather's
3: warming up, and it's time to think about your spring projects. Wolf Construction Roofing can take any roofing job, large and small, flat roofs, sloped or pitched. Draft House 50 is your home for all the big dance basketball coverage. Wall-to-wall TVs, excellent food, and every brew under the sun. For basketball, you have one spot to go. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines.
4: See you soon.
1: 1700 KPGG is the Big Talker in Des Moines with Dave Ramsey talking about
4: your money and your life. This is a show where we take more calls than any other talk show in North America. And the reason is, is we talk about you right in front of you every day. So thanks for being here.
1: The Dave Ramsey Show on the Big Talker. 1700 KPGG. Count it down. Let's hear a great debt-free scream. Uh, three, two, one.
2: I'm debt-free!
6: Yeah!
1: Hi, this is Craig Hodson, Vice President, Market Manager at Cumulus Media Des Moines. Cumulus is a proud sponsor of the Polk City Chamber of Commerce. The chamber promotes economic development to strengthen the business climate and enhance the quality of life in Polk City. Please join me in welcoming and supporting
6: these members. Capo's Family Medicine, Kiwanis Club of PC, Lakeside Fellowship, Lech Law Firm, Luana Savings Bank, Metro Waste Authority, Michelle's School of Dance, Mid-American Energy, North Polk Community School District, North Polk Living Magazine, New York Life Insurance Agent Joshua McLean, P&M Apparel, Papa's Pizzeria, Polk City Arts and Suzanne Willey Studios, and Polk City Women's
1: Group. The Polk City Chamber of Commerce and Cumulus Media wish to thank these members. Learn more about the Polk City Chamber of Commerce online at polkcitychamber.com oldcitychamber.com You can learn to DIY just about anything.
6: Today I'm going to teach you how to defend yourself in a court of law. It's important to wear a fancy suit. That way, if they ask for evidence, you can point to it and say, Exhibit
1: A. After all, some things are better left to the pros, like buying a home, Because without an expert to guide you, you could be headed for trouble.
5: If you're backed into a corner, throw out a few objections.
6: Works every time.
1: So DIY yourself a favor and get Realtor. Head to Realtor.com slash Get Realtor today. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.
5: It's Spring Black Friday at the Home Depot. Where right now, select John Deere mowers come with a free Home Depot gift card worth up to $350. From zero-turn models to the new Excel cutting decks, John Deere gives you a quality cut that won't cut into your downtime. And that free Home Depot gift card puts even more spring in your pocket. Buy a John Deere, get a gift card. During Spring Black Friday, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Still using bias tires? Here's your chance to upgrade to radial. This spring, Firestone Ag is making it easy to farm hard rewards. Just head to your local certified Firestone Ag Tire dealer between now and April 30th and get discounts as big as $200 per tire when you buy two or more eligible Firestone Radial Tires.
0: This deal doesn't last long, so visit Orange Tire to take advantage of farm hard Rewards soon. Terms, conditions, and limitations apply. For full details, visit FirestoneAg.com or contact Orange Tire and Orange to learn more.